born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Well, how y'all doing? Somebody told me that there was this preacher he had preaching at this church first time. They just voted him in as the pastor. And anyway, they're uh, going to have him go home with somebody to eat dinner. But the preacher didn't know how to get there, so the family let their little boy ride along with the preacher so they could tell him how to get to the house. Little boy says, um, bet you don't know what we're going to have today. He says, probably chicken. He says, nope. He says, what are we having? He says, buzzard. He says, we're going to have buzzard? So how do you know that? He says, well, I heard my mom and dad say that uh, we're going to have an old buzzard over today. <laughs> so anyway, that wasn't anybody here at the church. It, nobody here did that. Anyway, we're um, teaching in the book. Of, before we get there, does anybody have any questions they want to ask me on anything? Anybody got any questions? You know, you've been studying the Word all week, and you just didn't understand all of it. But you did understand it all, huh? Okay. Either that or you weren't studying the Bible all week. Philippians. The book of Philippians. Philippians in chapter 2. As we continue here in our study in the book of Philippians, I, I kind of hit and miss here and there. But just, you know, a few studies in the book. I don't worry too much about hitting every verse, every word. I like to get the general idea of what it's talking about and talk about it. And this is important because it deals with our state. Now, there's a lot of difference between standing and state. Uh, standing is, uh, is your position that you have in the Lord. It's uh, where Christ has put you. It's a position that never changes. I am a child of God. That can't change. I'm, I'm in Christ. That, that doesn't change. So having eternal life, see, that won't change. That, that's my standing that I have because of who I am and whom I'm in. Now, my state, well, that, that changes all the time. That deals with my ongoing faith, my growing in the Lord. Uh, we often call that our sanctification. Now, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was justified, declared righteous. I'm cleared of everything. The judges declared me I'm innocent of all charges. Uh, that's my position in Christ. Um, 
and when I trusted the Lord, I was made pure and holy and set apart. And so I am a saint, not Bernard. I am a saint. You are a saint if you trusted Christ as your Savior. Now, I am supposed to take my standing in Christ that never changes. And my position, see down here, even though I'm not there, in God's eyes, I am. I am seated in the heavenlies in Christ. So that'll never change. So I'm supposed to live as righteous and God as holy as my position is in Christ. In other words, if you're a child of God, you should live like a child of God. And I should live holy because he is holy. So in my Christian life, I am experiencing things. I'm learning. I'm getting a little truth here and a little truth there, learning how to walk. We'd like to believe that the older we get, the longer we're in the Lord, that um, people might be able to see our sanctification, that I have given myself to the Lord. And so by the things that I say and do, places that I go, uh, in people's eyes I'm, I'm justified. That what I say and what I do, it's the same thing. Uh, there's a lot of people who say and don't do, and there's some people who do and don't say. But we have to get a balance between the two, of the walking and the talking. So our state in the Lord as a Christian kind of changes and fluctuates because of what's going on and outside and what's going on on the inside. So Paul kind of hits a little bit of this. because He says, I'm concerned about your faith, uh, your, your state. How, how are you doing? So you have trusted Christ as Savior. You're his child. Okay, how are you doing spiritually? How are you doing? So if you will, in Philippians in chapter 2, I want you to start there in verse 13, where it says, It is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, when you trusted Christ as Savior, see, that's a done deal. This is a work in progress. You are part of the work of the Lord. So God's working on you when you're trying to do the work of the Lord. And you don't have to worry too much about doing a particular ministry. Your ministry will be a, a reflection of what you are. So, um, in other words, let God build you and what you do will take care of itself. Uh, the hardest part is trying to get somebody to do something for the Lord um, when they don't want to do it. Then it's like pulling teeth. Isn't it better when people want to serve the Lord? They want to make corrections and they want to learn and they, they, they love to the study. They love to do what God wants them. Boy, that's so much better. So he says in verse 14, do all things without murmuring and disputing, because those, that's not good. That means you're not satisfied with God. It means you're not pleased with what God allows to come into your life. It means you really don't want the Lord working in you, because, see, that's what God does. God works in you because of the things that happens to you. And so he uses those things to build your character. And then whatever you become, you reproduce. Everybody reproduces after their own kind. That's why I always say you can't light a candle with an unlit candle. But if a candle is lit and shining, then others can get light from it. 
So he says here in verse 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the children of God, the sons of God, without rebuke. So you see, this isn't talking about your salvation. Uh, this is talking about your life, how you live. And so he says, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse world, a nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now you sometimes don't feel like a light, but when you stand for what you know is right, and what is truth, and you say the things that are right, you become an automatic rebuke to those that are walking in darkness. So you're the light, and the others are in darkness, and the darker the world gets, the brighter your light should shine. In other words, people should see a, a difference, a contrast in your life of, of what you believe and live for. So then he says in verse 16, holding forth the word of life. So it's how you live is because you're holding forth something, the word of life. And he says, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Now, we know individually that my labor in the Lord is never in vain. Sometimes we work with people, and when they don't respond, and don't, the labor to them is in vain as far as they are concerned. I have labored with a lot of people in vain. But between me and God, I get rewarded and blessed because of what I've done is faithfulness. But you can't make another person respond. So God is not going to reward me based upon another person's response because you can't be held accountable for what people do and do not do. So then he says in verse 17, he says, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. Now, the words your faith, I would underline that because it's... Uh, it's so important. And then I want you to look down there in verse 19, and you'll see the words, your state, your state, the last two words of that verse 19, your state. Look at the last two words in verse 20, and on the line those says, your state. This is talking about your state. This is your, this is your position that you have right now, not your position in Christ, but your position in this world is how you're living. How are you doing spiritually? Now, Paul was concerned about them. Now, they may have been concerned about Paul. He's in prison, but um, he's the one writing the letter. He's the one that's doing the encouraging. Uh, a lot of times I've seen that, you know, it's, it's usually the people that are going through the hard times that bring the most comfort to other people. Because, see, they've learned some lessons. They're more solid. They're grounded. And uh, the Bible tells us this is what we ought to do. Uh, hold your place right here, and it's not far, but just turn to a couple pages to your right to the book of Colossians. In the book of Colossians, and just look there in chapter 1 and verse 28. Now this is what the apostle Paul was doing, and he says there in verse 28, referring to Christ, he says, whom we preach, and you ought to underline this, warning every man, that's the negative aspect, teaching every man, that's the positive aspect, in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, or mature, complete. See, our serving the Lord is because we want to complete God to use us to help complete a person that God is still working on. He has begun a good work, but see, the work's not done. God may use you to win somebody to Christ, and God may use you to help build somebody strong in the Lord. 
So you want to be used. And so that's why you allow yourself to learn from what other people have gone through. And you're always ears listening and learning so that you can use it. And then you become a blessing to somebody else. So that somebody else is stronger in the Lord. This is what Paul's talking about. In verse 29, look what he said. Whereunto I also I labor. It's work. Serving the Lord is a work. Trusting Christ as Savior. Now that's a gift. That's by grace, through faith. No work whatsoever. But when you talk about serving the Lord, it talks about it's work. It is labor. It's something that you do, and you don't always want to do it, but you do it because you know you should do it. You see, you and I got a battle of the old sinful nature that doesn't want us to do anything for the Lord. But you know it's right, so you, you become faithful anyway. There'll be times, it wasn't this morning, but there'll be times when you don't want to come to Sunday school. But you'll do it. There'll be times you don't want to come to church, but you do it. There might even be times when you don't want to read the Bible, you don't want to witness but you do it because you know it's right. And then when you start doing it, then you're glad you did it. So you do the things that you know is right. And he says, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. So if you really want to be used in a mighty way, then you have to serve the Lord in a mighty way. Now, look down there in verse uh, 6. As of chapter 2 of Colossians. He said, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did you receive him? Well, by faith. Well, how do you walk? Well, by faith. You trust Christ as your Savior because that's what it says to do, and you've got eternal life. Now you're to serve the Lord by faith. And get what he says. In verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. See, that's not automatic. You trust Christ as Savior, that puts you in Christ. That is your position in the Lord, your standing that never changes. But your state, how you doing? How you doing today? Are you up or are you down? Are you like a yo-yo or you run smooth? And it's not affected so much by what happens outside because the Lord inside of you kind of keeps you moving on an even keel. So he says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now you see those little words there, it says, as you have been taught. See, that's not automatic. It means that you have to allow yourself to be taught. That's why Sunday school can help you. Those who sit by the hour and go over their material for Sunday school or Awana, and they teach, or the youth ministry we're having, or Reformers Unanimous, all those are things that helps you to be prepared to be used. You want to be involved in the work of the ministry, so you've got to be taught. To be taught means to be prepared. And a lot of people say, well, I, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to say. Uh, yesterday, I showed up here. I wasn't planning on coming, but Last minute, because I had forgot about it, and I remembered, hey, they're having that men's breakfast this morning. I mean, i got to eat breakfast anyway. So I just jumped in the car and just boogied right over here. And I got here, and lo and behold, about 19 guys showed up. You say, how come so many guys showed up? Because their wives won't cook for them. 
They said, I'm sleeping in. It's Saturday morning. You want to eat? You're going to have to go to the men's breakfast. So anyway, I came, and there was 19 guys sitting there. And as we sat there, and it wasn't long before this guy began to pass out some paper, information on what they're going to teach on. Would you believe as I sat there and I looked over the notes, you know, I said, good, four or five pages. I says, good night. That's like handing a person a Bible. I said, we're going to cut this today. And I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. And I looked back there about three pages later. And the second psalm. They're going to teach on the second psalm. I don't forgot who was sitting beside me. Somebody was sitting right beside me, but I can't remember who it was. Who? Sitting right beside me. Steve back there. Steve, do you remember what I said? What did I say? What did he say? I didn't hear him. That's what I was speaking on today. So I'm sitting there, and he's, he's going to teach my, son, my, my, my sermon. I mean, the Bible is full of all kind of stuff, all the way from one end to the other, and I just chose the second psalm is what I'm going to speak on this morning. So I'm sitting there, and what, what, what is he teaching on? The second psalm. So anyway, I got me some good material for my message today. <laughs> And the guy was well prepared. I mean, he had his material. He knew what he was going to cover and how he was going to cover it. And he did an excellent job. I mean, he had a little help from somebody, but, you know, a few people here and there. But, uh, I mean, overall, he was very well prepared and very good, very straight. And so I never did tell him that that was my sermon he just finished teaching. So I'm going to teach it anyway. So uh, anyway, if uh, the men who missed the men's breakfast yesterday morning because of, you know, the flesh wouldn't let you out of bed, no. I want you to <laughs> listen good because uh, you might hear some of the things taught at the Bible study. But that's, that's what you're supposed to do. Study and prepare so you can teach and, and really help some people. And I believe that he did a, a super job. He did a great job. And, uh, but we're supposed to study, to be rooted and built up. Uh, take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians and chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And you'll notice in uh, verse 2. Verse 2, the last two words is your faith. Your faith. Look down in verse 6. About the middle part of verse 6, it says, Your faith. Look in the last two words of verse 7. Your faith. Uh, look at the last two words in verse 10. Your faith. Now, in one place, it's talking about your faith, your faith, your faith. In the other book, it's talking about, you know, your state, your state, your state. Well, your faith determines your state. When you say, how are you doing? It's really, how's your faith? How's your faith today? Are you growing in your faith? 
You see, when you trusted Christ as Savior, that got you into the family of God. That gave you eternal life. You became His child. Okay, how are you growing? How are you doing since then? Are you able to do anything with the knowledge that you've heard and learned in these years? So while you're here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, I want you to look at this. In verse 2, And send Timotheus our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, and get this, to establish you. This is the key word, establish. Verse 2, 3, 8, 13. Establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Now, Paul was always concerned about how you're doing. It's one thing to win people to Christ. It's another thing to build them strong in the Lord. That's where the work comes. You can give the gospel to somebody, and they can trust the Lord there in, you know, five, ten minutes. You can have somebody trust the Lord. I had a lady trust the Lord last night at a, at a restaurant. And um, just, uh, you know, just me and her, and there were a few people in there, but not bad. And it didn't take long before I had a chance to talk to her and and I finally led her to the Lord at the cash register. And so as I was talking to her, I know the manager kept walking by because he wanted to know what I'm talking to her about and what she's talking to me. He didn't know what was going on, but he was very concerned. And so he would drift over there and kept ear, you know, his big ears. And so I didn't want her to get in trouble. I didn't want him to fire because I'm talking to her, you know. And at the cash register, but she was just so interested, she wouldn't ring it up. She wouldn't ring up my, and she held my money in her hand, and she wouldn't ring it up, and she just kept standing and him talking. And then next thing you know, she says, I have always wanted to know this. I've always wanted to know this. And she almost had tears in her eyes. And the manager, he couldn't take it any longer. He got up a little bit closer and so, said, what's going on? And I says, I explained to her how you can know you have eternal life. And I can be sure of going to heaven when you die. And I gave her this little track here with my pitch on the front when I was 17 and had hair. And he giggled. I says, on the back of it, I says, I'm the new pastor at Calvary Community Church right there. He said, well, that's at right down here on George Road. I said, yeah, that's where it's at. He said, I know right where that's at. And he says, uh, can I have one of those too? So I said, yes, sir. I just happened to have another one. So I, I gave him one. And he was, he was more excited. But he just... You know, he wanted to know what's going on here. But see, you can lead them to the Lord in a short period of time. But when it comes to building a person and growing a Christian to be strong in the Lord, it can take the rest of their life. That's where it takes time and a lot of patience with people. Because they're going to learn how to crawl and then they stand and then they fall and they learn to walk and then they fall and and you just get tired of dealing with them but patience 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 and you're trying to build people strong in the lord that takes work and you're trying to be patient with people forgiving with people understanding with people otherwise you can just run over people because you know why don't you just be strong like me did you get there overnight? I mean, somebody just opened up your little head, poured it all in there, and da-da! Or you've gone through years of ups and downs. And that's the way it's been with you. Be patient with people who are now where you once were. And so get what he says here. In verse 3, 
First Thessalonians chapter 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. Now, you're going to have afflictions. You know that. But you're not to let those afflictions move you. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. In other words, you're going to have them. You're going to have problems. You're going to have afflictions. There's going to be strife. There's going to be wars. You know that. In verse 4, For verily or truly, when we're with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulations even as it came to pass, and ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter, the devil, have tempted you and our labor be in vain. You don't want your work and your labor to be in vain with people, and that's why you've got to keep following up with people. You care about people, and you're praying for people. You just can't, you know, let them go like they, they don't really matter. This is why it's to your advantage to, hand to get people come to Sunday school or get them in church or get people involved. This is one of the reasons I try to create as many jobs as possible. Create as many so you get more people working. More people. Well, what does that working get them to do? Cause them to grow. He's going to grow more than he ever thought in his life. He's going to start working with teenagers. They going. They going. James thought he he understands people. He's fixing to find out something. He's going to try to work with some of these people that got all kind of problems. Now, see, it's one thing when he's trying to handle his. Now you got to try to handle all these other ones and try to help people. And you find, okay, well, maybe I'm not, maybe I don't know everything I thought I did. See, you don't have to become an expert in all the things of life. All you got to do is just be an expert on the gospel. Just love the Lord and love people and let God use you. But look what else he says in verse 6. But now, uh, when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. See, what goes on in your life encourages or discourages somebody else. How you handle pressure, the problems, temptations. Everything affects somebody else. No man is an island unto himself. As he says in Romans 14, no man lives or dies unto himself. We affect people. So in verse 8 he says, Now, for now we live through you, if you stand fast in the Lord. What we taught you in the hours, the sacrifice that we spent in you by your serving the Lord, we're kind of like living through you. We're living through you. And then down in verse, nine, uh, verse 10, Night and day, pray and exceeding that we might see your face, and get this, might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. See, this is an ongoing thing. This is growing in your sanctification, the where you become more like the Lord. You're pr progressing. It's a procedure. You, you learn a little bit, and you make a little changes and so forth. And have you ever noticed that whenever you had a little child that you don't uh, see too much change in them too quick? Let grandma see them when they're six months old. Next time grandma sees them, the kid's running all over the place, two years old. 
Next time they see them, the kid's five years old. Now they can see a difference. But sometimes when you're around people all the time, you don't see that. There may be people that are sitting here in this church, and you don't see how they're growing. But somebody else that hasn't seen them in a long time can say, man, they are really maturing in the Lord. They're really growing in the Lord. You just want to be able to say that about you. About you. Boy, he has really grown in the Lord. His faith is so much stronger in the Lord. And this is what you want. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.